Hey guys, Dr. Greg here, and I just wrapped up an amazing conversation with Amanda Christodoulou. She is known as the Holistic Mama and has she's all over the internet. We talked about all things um, health, how to be empowered, tips and tricks about weight loss and sleep. Stay tuned and get ready for an amazing episode. Hey guys, Dr. Greg here, and on today's episode of The Daily Dose with Dr. Greg, I have the Holistic Mama. Amanda Krista Dulu uh, on the call with me, and I'm so excited. She has an amazing following. So many of our listeners are moms that want to do and be the best version of themselves and also have kiddos that want uh, to be benefited as well. So Amanda, it is an honor to have you here today. It is an absolute honor to be here. Very excited. <laughs> where Where are you located? Where in the world are you right now? I'm in Miami, Florida. Nice and hot, steamy, Florida. Thing. Yeah, I, so I, I, I joke. So our, our clinic is in Minnesota. And actually, right. I, I grew up in North Dakota. And, and where I'm from yesterday, is, so yesterday was November 10th. Today, so today's the 11th. They got two feet of snow. Wow. And uh, yeah, like holy Toledo, that's crazy. So Miami, not a bad place to be. Uh, yeah. You know, I always tell people, you are not allowed to talk to, about the weather with me between October and April. So just that you know now for future conversations, the weather is, is <laughs> off, off limits. So <clears throat> most people have um, a journey into holistic health and, mm -hmm. and they have a story. And I am, I'm super curious. So give, give myself and the listeners a little understanding of how you got to be uh, where you are today. Okay, so there's a few triggering events along the way for me. And the first one, I was actually only 19. I have a much younger sister. So she was five at the time and couldn't sit still, couldn't focus. So she was diagnosed ADHD, given Adderall, a lot of it, 20 milligrams a day. And a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. And I was 19. So I was like, you know, mom, like my friends take this to study in and not in a good way <laughs> like this right. was you know I, I so I was I, I watched her deteriorate so skinny couldn't eat couldn't sleep at night they're like oh she can't sleep um let's do an adult blood pressure medication so at night she'll fall asleep wouldn't change her clothes she went from not being able to sit still to like a skeleton with no personality and I was like I this just I know it can't be right but I don't know anything about this. And I knew a chiropractor who had just opened his practice. He was a little bit older than me. And um, I'm like, I just feel like he could help. So I brought him. He's like, I know we're going to do a thermography scan. We're going to see this, this. His mom was a very famous nutritionist. And he's like, I know this is going to be black. And I'm, I'm like, I'm sold. I'll bring her here um, a few times a week and get her adjusted. Yeah. And it was a lot more than just adjustments, but he also sat us down and was like, you know, he made us do this orientation and he showed a spine and he showed a, a spine with scoliosis with rods in it. And he's like, that's scoliosis is still there. And from, I just started questioning things mm -hmm. and I was just like, blown away by, and I, I knew my mom was doing what she thought was right, obviously. And you want to trust that authority that said, right. get on. Well, my sister is 22. She's amazing. She's not medicated. And so that was my, my first one. And then 
I kind of always just towed that line. I was in the fitness industry for a while and I, but I was always this, this like encyclopedia, like people could ask about different, I curated my own education when it came to all these things, but I didn't really know what the career was for me. And when I got pregnant, I started going down some rabbit holes of just policies, procedures in prenatal care, in labor, in pediatrics. And I was just like, I have so many questions and I know I could tell by when I was asking the questions that people weren't used to answering them. I was like, people don't ask these things. And that was another triggering event for me. And, you know, then trying to remanage my own hormones after the fact was another (laughs) time for me where it was just like, they're like, nope, you are perfect. I'm like, define perfect. Cause I don't feel at all. And (laughs) I'm going to pump the brakes. I got to unpack this for a second. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love the conversation. So um, I have a five-year-old daughter. And when you talk about giving a child uh, Adderall, by the way, this, 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 I'm not here to say drugs are bad or drugs are good. There's a place for medication unquestionably. But when I think about, so number one, I have a five-year-old and I love her. She's our, she's our fifth and final. She is the, she is the, uh, the, the, the end of the game and energy abound. And when I think of, um, I think of the Western medical approach, right? They're, they're like, Oh, don't your body's faulty. I'm so sorry. We're going to step in. We're going to use some drugs. And that much like you, I use the word an inciting incident, right? Mm -hmm. And when we look back, that means something happened to us on our behalf, but many times when we're on the inside of it, we're like, this sucks. And gosh, I hope there's something to learn out of it. And it was, it's interesting that you say that because I was actually, <clears throat> even one of our children uh, is, is a football player and we had like a, a military uh, group at our football game the other night. And, and one of the guys was there and I got to ch- chat with him. I'm like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, re- he's like I, I do recruitment. And I was like, how's it going? And he's like, you know what? Not very good. And I was like, interesting. Tell me more. He said, do you know that if, if any person that wants to be in the military is on anything like Adderall or Stratera, they can't be in the military. They have to have been off it for two years. And he said, when COVID happened, these things just got handed out like hotcakes. So the reality is this, those drugs are essentially methamphetamines. And, and the military who needs people knows so much about the physiology and the neuropathology of it that they're like, that person is not fit for what we do. So, so it sounds like some things happened to you. I'm, I'm elated to hear that your sister, I think you said is 22 now and is killing it and drug free. And then, and then you are a mama and you got to journey through that. I will never forget. Uh, So my wife and I have had five children. Uh, All five of our children were a C-section with the first one being an emergency C-section. All five of our kids had the cord wrapped twice around their neck. That's called a double nuchal. And, and I believe that, that God has given me those opportunities to even understand and appreciate medicine for what it is and what it's used for, right? Because 100 years ago, I'd be a widow. I'd be a widower. My wife and daughter would have died during childbirth. Yet, just like you, in those rooms, uh, when, when, when the nurses and the team knew what we were going to do and what we were not going to do, they're like, it was funny. They'd go and they'd close the door. <laughs> and then they'd be like, can I ask you a few more questions? So, so I think it's, it's just amazing to have that opportunity. So, so you've, you've gotten to that point and now you're like, Hey, 
maybe much like you, one of my patients said to me years ago, Dr. Greg, who do you think you are? Knowing what you know and not sharing it with everybody. So now you furthered your education and you have a platform and a practice. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So then I, I pieced it together a lot on my own. And then I decided, well, I should really put some education behind this. And I went through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, Czech Institute, and Integrative Health Practitioners. And now I'm studying to become a doctor of Ayurveda. So that's different and, and is going to take a, a minute. But so, yeah, so I, I, it's totally virtual, which COVID sort of just shaped this for me. Sure did. And, um, it's cool. I mean, I like to see people. I like to be around real people in person, but yeah, I also, you know, I have clients overseas that I would never see in person and they found me on TikTok. And so it's cool. It's virtual. I, I run labs with them. I feel really lucky to be able to do that and be able to connect this clinical perspective with a emotional, spiritual, mental, mm-hmm. and all the physical manifestations and just put it all together and, and really help people. I've, I kind of call myself lately a root cause detective. I feel like I'm right. just going to, I'm going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. And so I love it. So you have written a book and by the way, I am in love with the title of your book, quit <laughs> complaining. Um, so let's talk about it. I mean, I mean, Why'd you write it and kind of what was your, what is your, so why'd you write number one? And then number two, what is your hope and prayer of what, how it shapes or shifts a person's beingness and doingness around it? So dive into your book. Yeah. Okay. So it's quick complaining. It's a compilation of the top 10 complaints that myself and my colleague, Ty Stone, have heard in our practice. And he's a little bit more focused on movement. We're like the yin and yang of holistic health. And these top 10 complaints put together, how you may have gotten there, how to get to the root and what to do about it with or without our involvement, with or without lab work, with or without supplementation. But look, this, this is what you can do. You don't have to do it tomorrow. But at least, you know, if this is, you know, if it really matters to you, that here's a, a plan. And the reason behind it was really, I think one of the big things for me was I actually had a video go viral on TikTok. And it was about something I learned from Dr. Stephen Cabral, which is the fork test. And essentially for digestive function, if you're, if you can't mash something down with a fork or the degree that you can mash it down is how difficult it will be, how much you need to chew it, um, how much you need to cook it in order to digest it. And it was so simplified. And I was so busy with people with digestive issues from there. And I was like, how can I package this? Because I have a dog shaking behind me. But how can I, I package this so that people can get this kind of information more easily. I'm like, I don't need to work with every single person and why someone doesn't need 10 sessions with me if they want to do this on their own. And then I was like, it's not just digestion. It's the, it's the whole package. It's all, all of those 10 complaints. There's another complaint you should probably read about because that one's probably connected in some way. Totally. 
Totally. You know, I think one of the goals that, that I always talk about with patients, and I'm 21 years into practice now, is is this conversation of being empowered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and 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 in in lieu of what you're talking about, you know, some people have more time than they do dime. Spend your mm-hmm. time, and if you have more dime than you do time, then hire somebody and 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 utilize that 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 reference along the way. And I think it's important. What I really hear you saying is that, you know, um, is be curious. You know, I've always said the body responds appropriately to its environment. So instead of just saying, oh, um, I have this because my mom had this and my and my aunt had this, you could say, well, I wonder what environments, what emotions, what family ties that these we could have as well from that standpoint. So if I hear you correctly, the, the hope that you have from that book is that someone can feel empowered, encouraged and feel like they could take some action steps for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And just to have a a few resources and a better understanding. And there's a lot of advice that's given that's saying, just take this herb supplement, whatever. But there's not a lot of beginning, middle, and end. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're going to feel a benefit because you added in mastic gum and you heard somewhere that was going to work and maybe something got better for a minute. But did you really, really correct whatever was really going on? Probably not. And then you're like, that doesn't work anymore. And it's not that it doesn't work anymore. It's that there was no plan there. I love it. So let's talk about probably one of the biggest things you talk about in your book is the concept of sleep. Right. So that, I mean, I've told people for years, I don't care what vitamin you're taking. I don't care what workout you're doing. If you are not sleeping, ain't nothing going to work. So give give me a dive on your perspective uh, around sleep and maybe even a few hacks that our listeners could could incorporate right after this session. Um, Well, yes, it's absolutely true. The way that we just are diminished by even just one poor night of sleep, I don't think we're it's given enough credit. And I don't feel, I feel like there was this, this rising grind culture and everyone was into promoting the hustle. And now we're kind of in a slingshot where it's like, I need to take my days. I need to, you know, take care of myself. And I think that there, we just need to be in this middle place where we prioritize the regular amount of sleep that we need and realize aside from like new moms, new parents and shift workers, we need to sleep at night between specific hours when the sun is down and wake up, not sleep in, not take naps, not be in sleep debt and then sleep in crazy on the weekends. Like we need to just treat it the way we brush our teeth, eat our meals and be in a routine with it. So what would you say would be the top three non-negotiables that someone should have around their sleep hygiene? Okay. So number one is that's your break from outside interference, like the Wi-Fi, the cell phone, don't charge it right next to your head on your nightstand, put it somewhere. I don't care if you have to get up to shut your alarm off, like six feet from your body. Um, If you can shut your Wi-Fi down at night, great. Um, I also, another one is light, like no, no little dots of light anywhere. No, nothing. 
No, nothing. Yep. Pitch, pitch black. Even if you have some sort of a device that has like one of those little green or blue lights, just put a piece of tape over it if you need this thing on. Um, and that thing I probably would say is my number three. I love white noise. Mm. I think it's yep. just fantastic. That was like a mom thing. Like, there's a reason why he sleeps so well with that on. And I just got so used to hearing it. I, I think white noise is yeah. such a good way to drown out anything that can disrupt you. Good stuff. Yeah. I love it. No. And that's, I, I think I would concur with that. I think even the research points to uh, like my big three are number one pitch black and I cheat. I've, I've worn a sleep mask for 20 years. I travel mm -hmm. with it. Uh, but even, even the research. So we, what we know, and here's why it's important for the, for our listeners, you actually have, melatonin sensors on every cell of your body as crazy as that is so even if there's a red light on your smoke detector mm -hmm. that is enough to to stimulate the the pineal gland that says hey it's time to be awake yeah. um the white noise is important as well um just because it's it's so you're not oversensitized by any little thing and then actually the third piece of research uh, and, and, um, it's funny. I actually, I have a little story about a patient I had yesterday from Miami, uh, is oh. actually the, the temperature of the room. I had a woman whose mom is from Cuba. Dad is from Colombia, grew up in Miami without an air conditioner. And I was like, Whoa, tell me more. She oh. said, Dr. Greg, we would actually put like bags of ice in front of the fan and we would pass around wet towels at night to cool ourselves. And I was like, dang girl like that is perseverance so so that is you got that thing you got that sleep thing dialed in which is awesome i mean i you can't i tell people there is by the way there is no magic pill there is no easy button like i call them gods and grandma's tools of, of getting well you can't tr you can't shortcut them even even for our listeners like i've had people are like oh yeah i can get by with four or five hours of sleep a night i'm like okay okay statistically just so you know statistically it's this there are people that can do that. There, there's some, been some studies on this. However, if you're one of those people, you have the same chance of getting struck by lightning, just so you know. That's the statistical relevance of you being that person that can get by with four hours of sleep at night. So um, now another thing that you'd like to talk about is this concept of weight loss. And most people have been, you know, barked up one tree down the other, eat less, exercise more. Uh, but you go a little bit deeper in that in your book. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I have a background in fitness, so there was a lot that I thought I understood and then realized I didn't once I actually understood it. So that's my badge of honor is doing a lot of the wrong things for a long time and kind of just thinking this was just how my body was always going to be mm -hmm. um, and everyone else's. It was like, but right. that's, that's the card you were dealt and yeah. that's kind of what we think. Um and so I, I always start with that GI inflammation, toxicity, hormone imbalances are going to get in the way of the goals. That's it. And you can only move so much and you can only eat so little. The tricky thing is, you know, I, what I do see is a lot of, um, especially women, especially moms, go hear from like their trainer or someone else that they trust as they should mm -hmm. um, start intermittent fasting. And they're like, okay, I'll skip breakfast because I'm getting the kids ready and I'm in a rush and I'm, I don't feel hungry anyway. Mm -hmm. And what they're just perpetuating this cycle of just stress, just you're running on stress 
And that feels really good for a while. Like I'm mentally clear, I'm light, I'm fast, I can think, I can do everything. I don't even feel hungry. I could, you could, you're super man or woman because you, you, that's the same chemical that's helping moms lift a car off their child. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, no wonder it feels good. You're amazing and your body is amazing right. until it's like, uh, okay, no more. And then actually can cause weight gain, which obviously that's the whole other response to these things. So it's for me, it's always, you want to lose weight. You're not losing weight. Um, let's see if there's one of those three underlying issues there. And then address the eating, the food, the timing, the spacing, the insulin. All of that stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I tell you what, we're, we've brought ourselves up to a little break here. We're going to do a little commercial break, uh, show off our sponsors a bit, and we'll jump back into that in just a second. This podcast is sponsored by Life Boost Coffee. Clean, organic, and non-toxic ingredients are important for your health, and Life Boost Coffee is no exception. Go to coffeewithdoc.com to receive 50% off your first order. That's coffeewithdoc.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben, one of Dr. Greg's producers. Thanks for tuning into The Daily Dose with Dr. Greg. We appreciate every single one of our listeners, and we know that our audience is expanding all over the world. If you're interested in working with Dr. Greg and Vitae Clinic, all you have to do is click the link in this episode's show notes. Also, we want to bring people as much value as possible, so I have a favor to ask. If you've found value in this podcast, please, please share it with your friends and family. Sharing goes a long way, and we appreciate it. All that said, let's jump back into today's conversation of The Daily Dose with Dr. Greg. All right, we are back and we are talking about that um, beloved, hated thing of losing weight and how the body, uh, many people are weight loss resistant. And and again, if we take this philosophy of the body responds appropriately to its environment, the question could then be, what's going on in the environment, right? So we could have uh, the term you talked about, even for example, this conversation of uh, fasting. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of this term called hormesis. <laughs> hormesis is a fancy term for a little bit of something mm-hmm. can be good for you, but a lot of that something, well, it could actually kill you, right? So for example, take fasting, for example, when used, when used appropriately, it could be okay. But obviously if you fasted for, very, for way too long, you know, it could kill you essentially. Same thing with cold exposure, heat exposure, breath hold work. Um, what many people do then, and I have found, and maybe you could occur with this, especially when it comes to the fuel component, is they take that caloric thing to a whole nother level. I, I do believe as, and I have quite a bit of training. Actually, I'm not sure if you know this, but I used to travel the, with the United States Olympic wrestling team. And oh, wow. I actually traveled with a Olympic gold medalist. And, and when I traveled with him, I cooked his, I cooked his meals uh, to make it, to make his cut. So he would do all the math. So I actually, I would actually run his lab so that we knew what his, what his um, micronutrient, his, his organ challenges were. And then we would actually, because we work for the U S Olympic training center, we could actually run labs in, in different sets of training. And then when we prepared, we took this guy from like, oh my goodness, like 5% body fat, probably down to two and a half percent. I mean, shredded. And then, and then we also had options for food for him in between matches. So it was a very unique opportunity. And what it allowed me to do was to really dive into understanding fueling, understanding weight loss, understanding 
weight loss that's sustainable and recoverable. And, and what I have found, by the way, so I grew up, my mom was actually a home ec major back in the 70s and 60s. So I grew up in a house where, for example, if I ate chicken, I actually probably butchered the chicken. If I ate green beans, I picked them from our garden. Uh, we had a root cellar. Most people don't even know what a root cellar is. So, so you're right. And I think the thing that I find in many cases from a dietary standpoint is there's actually a lot of under eating that can happen because they take one thing and then they take it to that next level. But I do want to touch base. You talked about gut and organ health inside of that. And I think that's the thing and no disrespect to trainers or even like um, sports nutrition people. As nice as I can say this, they don't understand how liver stagnation, how gut inflammation, how uh, insulin resistance respectfully will trump caloric restriction all day long. So talk to that a little bit. Yes. So those were two, well, the gut health one may have been the inspiration for the book. Cause I, when I put out that four test video, I was overwhelmed by the amount of people with digestive issues that were willing to put that information in a public comment on TikTok. I mean, thousands and thousands of people talking about their bathroom stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I was like, this is wild. Cause imagine how many people were not comfortable saying that or didn't see the video. So right. with gut health, I think that there's been so many people are suffering that they're desensitized to thinking that it's normal and just, Oh, well I eat this. I feel horrible. And then rinse and repeat or, mm -hmm. um, just kind of signing themselves up for the horrible aftermath of their choices. And then to the point where there's people that are like, oh, well, I'm bloated if I drink a, a sip of water. Mm -hmm. But that's just how I am. And so that really is, and I'm just like, that's not sustainable. Like you can't, you can't accept that unless you want to, but um, you don't have to is the point. Mm -hmm. And so that really inspired me to share a breakdown on gut health. And I'm like, but there's so many things. There's so many different things that you can experience. And so I'm like, I think a flow chart. I think it's going to be a flow chart where you start at the top with one or all of your symptoms and you flow down to a good starting point. And then in the key, you have an, a, priority, a prioritization of what makes sense to start with first. And so that was, for me, the best way to package all of this information. And for all of them, it's you, once you're done, you're going to go back to the chart and see what you still have. The same thing, like what I said before about, um, you know, someone just started, starts taking something and, and they're just kind of blindly taking it. This is a huge one because, oh, I heard I should take a probiotic. And I'm like, okay, so you're taking a probiotic and I'm like, and how's the bloating? And they're like, I'm constantly bloated. Like you are just wasting money at that point. It's not doing what you want. It's not doing anything really. Put it in the fridge. Let's do something helpful and then you can resume. So good. I love it. I love it. That is so good. You talk a lot about stress and I'm so grateful that you address stress. Uh, you also make a distinguishing um, part between negative stress and positive stress. And you talk about regulating negative stress and maximizing 
positive stress. So speak to that and why you think that's a key ingredient really to, and I completely am congruent with you, girl, right? Like how can this person with this diagnosis, for example, and this person with this diagnosis literally have two very different worlds going on. So talk about positive and negative stress and how we can maximize one and mitigate the other. Yeah. So we, well, we call positive stress, you stress for listeners like EU stress. And I mean, look at the end of the day, so many things put stress on our systems. You're planning a trip, a trip of a lifetime. And that's a heavy dose of stress, even while you're on it, because it's going to make the next train or the flight or, you know, did it, did they lose my bags? Like there's so many things, maybe you're not a great flyer. So you're in your, a dream is coming true and you're still managing to be a little stressed about it. And that's just, that is just life. So I think when it comes to stress, what I constantly try to stress is that there is, they're all, stress is not just psychological. So you're, you're, if you tell me, oh, mm, uh, I'm not really that stressed. Do you drink tap water? Do you take any pharmaceuticals? Do you have Wi-Fi? Do you have, use anything Bluetooth? Like there's just so many different types. So what I try to focus on is um, the bounce back statistic, which I learned from like a sports podcast that I listened to, where they say a bounce back statistic is like a golfer that has a bogey. They have a, a statistic relevant to them on how quickly they can get back to par after a bad shot. That's what we need to be making shorter and shorter. I don't care that you had a stressful triggering event. I don't care that you indulged on your birthday or a holiday or you went on a trip and you didn't want to think about things. But how quickly can you bounce back from all of the stressors? Is drinking a bunch of tap water while you're vacationing going to be the thing that sends you over the edge? Or are you going to be okay when you get back? Do you know what to do? To get yourself back. Yeah. yeah. How do you shorten that latency period? So what I hear you saying is, is almost like a lateral movement of a choice or something. And I actually speak a lot to, um, I work with a lot of like uh, high performing, like professionals. And we also talk about these vertical and negative from an emotional standpoint. So what I've learned is typically for most people, if they emotionally can have a high, high, then there's the equal and opportunity of a negative low, low to come into play. So what I've learned, and I'm a very emotional person. I'm, I'm a guy that's going to yell at football games and cheer for my three, my third grader when she makes a basket. Though what I've learned is if, if this is my space, as opposed to this, I'm more predictable. I have less of an emotion that, again, it's that lag time, right? Because if you have a high, high, how quickly can you get back to the, to the middle ground? Um, and, and more importantly, if you have a low, low, what is your rebound time? So I think it's very important that latency period between an action positive or negative, and then back to what you have as a, as a middle ground. I think that's so important. And that is essentially emotional intelligence, right? That's the ability to look at a situation. And, and now I'm not telling people to be stoic. I'm not telling people to be like, whatever, I'm good. No, it's okay to have those emotions. They'll be careful that equals and opposites. Mm -hmm. are because a triple bogey you know 
could follow a hole in one. Right. So Absolutely. we have to just be mindful that we're that we're on those ends. I really dig that. Um, so good, so good. So if if um, if you look into your uh, crystal glass, uh, which I'm mm -hmm. sure it works awesome all the time, and it's always right on the numbers. Uh, in five years, what? How are you impacting this world, girl? Okay, so my I can. It's easier for me to just think about my next project and what that's going to be. So okay. five years. I'm hoping that my next project will be huge. So I'll okay. say that. And that is um, also Ty Stone and I are creating these little packages, very similar to Quick Complaining Book, which is all under the umbrella of a company called True Health EDU. And our next thing is what to do when, which is simple videos and downloads that it what to do when you have to take antibiotics mm -hmm. or what to do when your kid has a fever or an earache or something like that and they're just small so it's it. like this is our perspective this is what to do and i'm really hoping that i can just create a library because you and i we're, we're constantly we're just content content there's stuff coming out of our mouths and people, I know they're taking their little things and they're saving them and they're sending them. This is going to be like, you can print out and have a binder for your kid. You can have a back to school survival guide, whatever it is, but it's something that you can access when you need it and you don't have to remember anything. So, I love it. I love it. Congrats to you guys. That's, that's an undertaking and, and, and I, and understanding content and content creation and and um video production and managing teams good for you it's 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 going to be an ever moving ever flowing machine and i completely wish you guys the best inside of that so uh last question or second to last question this one's not on the list by the way if you had the opportunity to have access to a billboard and and you could put one thing on that billboard and everyone in the world would see that once what would you write mm -hmm. on your billboard Oh, oh gosh, it's definitely a challenge, but I think everything has a root cause. Nice. It's just. I love it. Such good stuff. All right, girl, where do our listeners find you? Okay, well, everywhere. I'm I'm the most accessible influencer content creator possible, but on go. TikTok, it's the dot holistic mama. On Instagram, it's a holistic coach. And then if you go to one of those platforms in my bio, I'll have a link to a discord channel. I put my phone number out there, my email. It's very easy to reach me. And, and true health is the YouTube channel, which is a little bit newer. Love it. Love it. Amanda, thank you for your time. Thank you for your dedication. Obviously you have a heart for people to experience life in a different way. And that's evident in our conversation today. And I know our listeners are going to get a bunch out of our time. Thank you so much. Thank you.